0: See the young man sitting in the old man's bar, waiting for his turn to die.
1: Cowboy I'm drawing warmly. Happy Friday. So glad you've checked in here. A bit of a grayish day again, but temperatures uh, hovering around zero for a good bit of the weekend. So that's pretty pleasant now that we're into November. Isn't that funny how our standards have changed? (laughs) Yeah, just keep it above zero. We'll be okay. Uh, This is the uh, week's ultimate open session. Uh, I come armed and I've got a ton of stuff here. I haven't even started yet. Um, The uh, Canadian unemployment number's out. And you probably do know this. Uh, Stats can, even before the employment numbers, uh, third quarter of 2023, and this was this week on the 31st of October, the third quarter, the economy expected to shrink by one-tenth of 1%. So you do GDP, you know, the sum of all the goods and services. So in the third quarter, the economy will actually contract By one-tenth of one percent. Now, given that it already contracted two-tenths of one percent the quarter earlier, what's the definition of a recession? Two consecutive quarters where there is a contraction in gross domestic product. So we are now, quote, technically into a recession. This morning, the job numbers out would kind of confirm this. Uh, Canada's unemployment went up point two to five point seven percent Saskatchewan down half a percent to four point four and it's interesting that this week as well a number of economists had said whether we're in a soft or hard recession we're clearly now rolling into it three parts of the country will not encounter a recession in the coming year Alberta, Saskatchewan, Newfoundland, Labrador. Here's one of the problems. And this is where decisions have consequences. And you might have figured out by now that Sparky, the right honorable Justin PJ Trudeau, prime minister of Canada goes off on all of these very ideological and idealistic things. He does, you know, carbon tax, we're going to change the weather by paying a carbon tax. Yeah, right. What has that wrought for us? Uh, We're going to do this and this and this. Well, well, Canada has always had anywhere between 250 and 300,000 permanent immigrants a year. And these are immigrants who come, who become permanent residents, and then citizens. Between his expansion up to 500,000 and a complete explosion in student visas and refugee claims, 1,000,000. Newcomers came to Canada last year. Why am I going on about immigration when we talk about the economy? Stats can't estimated during this calendar year of 23. 40,000 new jobs entered the economy every month. Do you know how many people searching for jobs expanded every month? The total working age population. So there's 40,000 brand new jobs appear every month. 78,000 people every month get added to the people looking for work. Twice the increase in employment you have in people. So it's been a problem. Now, again, I don't purport to opine nationally. I just don't know enough. But nationally, the economy is softening. So those are stories worthwhile. Okay, in fairness to the Crown Prosecutor in this Don Walker debacle, uh, the Crown must consider systemic issues affecting Indigenous offenders, and that's the law. But Don Walker, and you remember the day the police detective? God, he was great. We had him live on the radio back in 2022. I'm trying to remember which. He's just recently retired, a senior uh, even inspector in Saskatoon. Remember, he's sort of doing the, the Joe Friday, just the facts. We investigated a number of allegations over the years made by Don Walker, about domestic violence. We found there weren't any. It was just because the cops, Don Walker had complained. She'd been doing this in family court. She's a victim of domestic violence. And this monster she was married to, by the way, a physician, uh, You know, and he actually went public. He did one interview and it was with our newsroom. And he said he would never hurt her. He would never hurt his child. But she was doing this whole riff. This is what led to her having to go to Oregon. So the police had investigated thoroughly and no charges had ever been laid. Now, the Crown Prosecutor added, as much as they must incorporate uh, the indigenous experience, they do not agree that Walker was a victim of her spouse at any time or that the child was in danger. So that's pretty important to remember. The Crown said they didn't buy it, and then, sadly, we got this whopper. They took this very seriously in the Crown. This is a significant sentence.
0: Ms. Walker will now be serving a jail sentence in the community. And this sentence really sends a message that the courts will not stand by and have people who are displeased or unhappy with how family law proceedings are going, abscond with their children and take the law into their own hands.
1: And she really thumbed her nose at this. This was all about her not, not a lot of people ever say no to Don Walker. And, you know, so the family courts kept not doing what she wanted. But, so, but this idea, and I'm not a criminal lawyer, never have been, and I defer completely to my friends at the bar, both on the defense counsel and the prosecution, but you can call a conditional sentence. And again, this is just, this doesn't feel right.
0: This is a significant sentence. Ms. Walker will now be serving a jail sentence in the community.
1: So a jail sentence in the community or a jail sentence in jail where you lose your liberty. I would respectfully suggest... One would slightly be more than the other. Okay. 877-332-8255. We're going to get to Bob on carbon tax. Don Walker in the meantime, though. want to make sure, uh, who have we had waiting longer, Don or Doug? Um, somebody's stuck. Okay. Let's go to Doug because he's been patiently waiting. Uh, Doug, on the Don Walker case, how do you see it?
2: Well, there's a couple of things that uh, that I'd like to bring up on that. One of them and Jack from Lumsden won't like this. She's a failed liberal candidate. Tamara Leach, the first judge that held her over on the mists of charge, was a failed liberal candidate supported by Trudeau. What do you think would happen to Tamara Leach if she got out, went back to Medicine Hat, and pulled the same stunt? Slap on the wrist? I'd, I'd like to see a Coles Note comparison
1: yeah, this, this person who'd run for the Liberal nomination then went to the bench, or went, where she ran for the Liberals. She locked Tamara Leach up on a mischief charge for 18 days and nights. Then, you know, she, they, they, they allege, and of course you notice this week the court threw the case out, and this was vindictive Crown prosecutor behavior. She's photographed at a big public gala standing in a group picture With someone she's not supposed to have contact with, they lock her up for another 30 days. Now, you can agree or not, Doug, but that is completely inappropriate conduct by the Crown.
2: Yeah, and they drag her into court in leg irons. Yep. Um, This this is just an entitlement and... It never should have happened. It, it, it makes you wonder if judges really should be appointed or elected in this country.
1: Well, I'll always go with appointed.
2: Okay, well, <laughs> what do you a- do when they go picking and choosing the judge they yeah, want then?
1: <laughs> okay, but, but you know, so, like this judge did, I think, behave inappropriately in Ottawa for the 18 days remanded in custody. Uh, I would have, you know, okay, just, I won't go any further on that, but I think that judge absolutely crossed some lines. Crown prosecutorial behavior. And again, remember, prosecutors advance these cases and prosecutors work for justice. They don't work for vengeance. They don't work for payback time. There's some real concerns about the way one prosecutor in particular behaved on the Tamara Leach case. But I'm going to trust judges who are appointed every time. Could you imagine, you know, you and I, what do we talk about elections with politicians? You want to see that in the judiciary? Oh, spare us, man! Uh, Dawn in Regina—the uh, Dawn Walker case. How do you see it?
3: Yes, John. I was just wondering—are there still charges pending against her in the United States?
1: Uh, there are uh, district, uh, the U.S. I think it was the district court. So federal charges in Oregon, and they were paused because they ex- they agreed to extradite her up to Canada. Those charges could be pursued, assuming they can extradite her back into the states. And I'll tell you the one thing about the U.S., Don, you start forging passports, you start, you know, doing these sorts of things, you get a jail sentence to be served in a jail, not to be served at home. So, but I don't know, Don, what's in it for the states to prosecute?
3: Well, I imagine she'd have a, a lot of trouble trying to get down there again, so it would be at her peril to try and go into the United States.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she could bring Marie Hennon with her and Marie Hennon could yeah, uh, see if she could story. bully the what federal about DA.
3: disbarment by the law society? Would this be a consideration? A what? Disbarring her as a lawyer. She is a lawyer and she graduated from Queens.
1: Um, I don't know if she's ever practiced, though. Like Is oh, she,
3: is she the, on the rolls? I, it seems be under the radar, but if anyone should know better, it should be someone that graduated from an esteemed college like Queens.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if Don Walker is a practicing lawyer or not. I mean, you can graduate from law, you can even get called, you know, articled and called, but do you remain active in the law society? I don't believe she's a practicing lawyer. But again, but the point is, she's got a lot of grief from Queens, which is a pretty nice thing to have. And he, again, she's really bright and. You're supposed to, as you've gone through law school, picked up a little along the way. 877-332-8255, you name it, we talk about it here and now. Bob in Regina, the carbon tax exemption for Atlantic Canada, what do you think?
4: Yeah, good morning, John. Uh, just listening to your uh, interesting program here, is it my understanding uh, that uh, that the Atlantic province homeowners, that are heating their homes with uh, heating oil will receive a three-year holiday on the carbon tax, and then be given free of charge a heat pump. And i and I think the heat pump cost is let's say fourteen to fifteen thousand dollars. Yep. That will be paid by our taxpayers. Is that is that what's happening? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> somewhat unfair to us in Saskatchewan to try and improve the heating in our home by by more efficient furnaces. We will pay for the cost totally.
1: Uh, yeah, I think there are some rebates, uh, Bob. I'm not sure, but I think high efficiency furnaces, the gas company, I think it's either Sask Energy or Power have some rebates and there's some federal rebates, but you don't get, okay, the rebate in Atlantic Canada, they've upped to 15,000. So any Atlantic Canadian, regardless of income, if they're on home heating oil, gets 15 grand today from the Liberals.
2: Wow.
4: Okay. And and they were also late into paying the carbon tax, right?
1: Yeah. See, this is what a lot of people don't know, and I don't fully understand it, Bob. Um, the Atlantic provinces had submitted their own proposal to Ottawa, and right. Ottawa allowed them to do it. But what they were doing was exempting home heating oil. And then Ottawa said, nope, we're going to impose the same condition on you, the so-called backstop, as Saskatchewan and Alberta. But here's the problem. They did the boiling frog thing with us. You remember we started with a $20 carbon tax? Correct. Or was it 15? Mm-hmm. 20. Let's say 20. It was never going to go above 50. Mr. Trudeau promised that. It got to 50. Today it's 70. And it will be 170 in the coming years. So exactly. all of a sudden the Atlantic was paying zero. They get the federal backstop and they're at 70. You see what I mean? Like, we got our frog boiling a little bit here. Mm-hmm. They went straight from zero to 70.
4: Right, right straight. And that's
1: huge. I mean, you can imagine what happened on their home heating bills.
4: Right, yeah. So they're supposed to save money over the next three years to pay for their, somewhat pay for their new furnace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: But they get 15 grand exactly. when they want it.
4: Yeah. Okay, well, I'll have to to my heating company here and see what kind of a rebate I would get that would come from the government, essentially.
1: Yeah, you should. Um. And I think you know what the answer is going to be. 877-332-8255. Hang on. Lots of calls in. And this is good. Because it's Friday and everything goes on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. We I'm drawing board absolutely absolutely everything goes here on a friday abraham in jan lake saskatchewan thank you for hanging on so uh, the carbon tax and what we're trying to achieve with it
3: that's that that will never work all that's doing is creating more carbon and more pollution like you wouldn't believe i have a suggestion and we have let's have an open mind when i talk about this about we as a planet and a species we've survived COVID. Uh, We've been able to isolate ourselves, and you'll notice during that time, Italy and places around the world, the animals started coming back after a month or two. So the Earth was actually revitalizing itself while we stayed in. I think as a species, we need to take a pause twice a year, once one month out of the year, and allow this planet to actually heal itself. That's not going to hit the pocketbooks, right? It's not. It's not going to create more carbon. But I think we, we, as a species, we need to do that. We need to shut her down once every six months, this one month. And, uh, you know, and uh, that would be our contribution. None of this carbon stuff. As for that Don Walker thing, <laughs> there's more to that story, John. And uh, uh, they're not really, uh, hopefully that will come out, but uh, that was, I, I really believe that was an inside job.
1: <laughs> An inside job. Okay. Um, I don't think anything more will come out. Marie Hennan just overpowered the crown. I mean, she's a force of nature. But here's a Marie Hennan classic. So, oh, you changed your plea, you're contrite, you read a little prepared statement. Outside, Marie Hennan goes on a rip that Dawn Walker is simply a victim in every facet of her life of, of uh racism. And All she did, all she was guilty of was loving her child. Unmitigated nonsense. But, of course, you sell it on the agreed statement of facts. You sell it on the drafted apology in court. Then outside, you sing a song for the choir so they all know Don Walker is blameless. I'm Gormley. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Thanks for checking in. Uh, The one thing in my, if you listen to my commentary today, you'll know clearly what I think, but I was realizing I'm talking all about Don Walker and not making the main point that I should make. I mean, I don't think this is an appropriate sentence All else. I had a great text from a young woman, not so young anymore. She says about 30 years ago, back early nineties, social services went on a real enforcement crackdown. She was a young mom collecting social assistance. She'd worked part-time and didn't tell them. She was charged with and criminally convicted of fraud over a $270 check she got. She said she doesn't make apologies or excuses, got a criminal record. But the key to this, and this is what's got me so angry about the Don Walker evasion from justice, This young mom had to pay full restitution to the social services department of the government of Saskatchewan of $270. Because what it was you did that was wrong and criminal, you knowingly shouldn't have taken the money from social services. You had to repay it. So the blather that came up yesterday in court uh, on Don Walker, and I say blather because the... um, Let me just read from the uh, expenses of over $100,000 that were incurred by first responders in searching for her. Yeah, over, yeah, a million is over (laughs) $100,000. There were hundreds, plural, of thousands of dollars of expenses extra police overtime, hauling the police command centers to the park where she disappeared, both RCMP and city police, helicopter rental, drone use, riverboat rescue teams, by the way, which put themselves at risk when they're both scuba diving and on the rescue boats. All of this for the Dawn Walker fraud. So at the very least, if you're going to give her a one-year jail sentence, to be served in the community. What about restitution? What about calculate the three, four, five, six hundred thousand $600,000 and require her to repay that? Now, okay, Marie Hennon, when she had her way with the crown and had her way with the court, she wasn't gonna suggest this. Sadly, in our legal system, and sadly in the judiciary, the idea of restitution, it's quite popular in the States. Here it's not. And uh, it's, it's a pity. So there are no plans to try to recover the money. But again, the fact that they keep talking about $100,000, it was hundreds. That would have been fair. Do you ever watch or follow the Babylon Bee? It's a satirical website, a little bit of a Christian tilt, often conservative. But they do some really funny stuff. Here's a clip. Uh, yesterday on the Babylon Bee. Think about this for elder care.
0: I think it's time that we had um, kind of a difficult conversation with you.
4: You know how much we love you, right?
0: Right. And I love you too.
4: And we only want what's best for you. hmm
0: it's, it's becoming more and more clear to us that we can't take care of you the way that you need to be taken care of.
5: Why are you talking like that? I'm fine. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> but
0: let's be honest here. You're getting older and things happen. You get confused. You forget where you are. You fall down. You need to go someplace where they can take care of you. Where people your age go. We think it's time for you to r- run for U.S. Senate.
1: <laughs> and the grandpa goes, no, I got plenty of good years left. But OK, uh, family makes tough decision to put aging grandpa in the U.S. Senate. Um, OK, can I uh, indulge a little bit as if I don't indulge my interests uh, all the time on this show? Um I've told you about this. I was a I was a trademark agent until relatively recently. I just let it lapse because I wasn't doing uh, enough trademark filings and things. But I actually practiced uh, before I went all in on labor and employment law. I actually did some trademark litigation. It's a great area. And remember, we met recently a nice guy, Saskatchewan guy, Reagan Seidler, who's uh, working at a big uh, uh, IP, intellectual property firm. Seidler is quoted in this piece. And I... I feel really sorry for the Regina-based cheerleading team that's having all the trouble, but they don't have a leg to stand on, I don't think. And I feel sorry for them. They're called Boss Athletics, B-O-S-S. Now, they tried filing for a trademark for their logo that would be used, ready for this, specifically on clothing, and other things related to cheerleading. Trademark law is very precise, but it gets a bit ephemeral because it gets on things like brand, things like perception, uh, recollection, how a consumer is a matter of first impression and imperfect recollection. You know, could they get confused? And I always used to tell the story when I'd be talking to clients Because you register a trademark in association with certain goods and certain services. The bigger and more impactful the trademark is, even if it isn't registered for those goods and services, it's traced back to the origin. It doesn't matter if Coca-Cola doesn't make work boots. If you tried to call your work boots Coca-Cola work boots, everybody would associate it with one of the strongest trademarks on earth. So you can't use Coca-Cola Anyhow, anywhere. But sometimes you've got trademarks that are actually the identical word on totally different products. And actually, the reason I use work boots, remember Kodiak work boots? Like, that's a big brand of boot, Kodiak. Kodiak was also a registered trademark for trucks, there's Kodiak, something else. Kodiak, which is the name of a big bear in the in Alaska. But Kodiak is one of those interesting brands that if you have goods and services completely unrelated, you can both get the trademark registered and uh, confusion doesn't arise in the public. Now, the problem with Boss is it's the same name as the fabulous German clothing company, Hugo Boss. Now, if you were to do Boss Computer Consulting, eh, even there, I mean, Hugo Boss is such a big all-present brand, but if you're trying to register a trademark, and never mind, even if you weren't trying to register it, just use it. The word Boss in association with clothing, you can't do that. And Boss, sadly, uh, for the nice folks at the boss athletics cheerleading outfit boss also has sports lines. So there aren't just fabulous suits and shirts. I I love boss. Um, there's boss athletics, there's boss, uh, sports shoes. There's boss, everything. So the problem is if you're going to stick the name boss on something and you're really nice people from Regina with a cheerleading dance and tumbling organization, you're not going to be able to do it. And BOSS is such a big trademark that even calling yourself BOSS Athletics, somebody might think you're sponsored by BOSS. You're associated with BOSS. So the owners of BOSS Athletics, they're feeling really frustrated because they're being prevented and resisted in registering their trademark, and they're also being told by BOSS anyway to cease and desist using that name. So... Again, I'm not unsympathetic, but I just, I thought first time I ever saw the name Boss Athletics, I thought, no, that just looks like you're associated with Hugo Boss. So you're probably going to have to change it up, right? Okay. Anything on the go here? So I'm curious on this uh carbon tax issue. Saskatchewan drew the line in the sand this week pretty clearly. Uh The... NDP in Ottawa is saying that even though it props up the Liberal government of Justin Trudeau, it will be supporting Pierre Polyev in a motion before the House of Commons to freeze the carbon tax on all forms of home heating in Canada. But here's the problem that's not a law, it's not binding. It's simply a motion. Before the House. So, Polyev's motion reads, given the government has announced a temporary three-year pause to the carbon tax on home heating oil, this House calls on the government to extend that pause to all forms of home heating. Sensible. It's what Scott Moe wants. It's what everybody else wants. The NDP will vote along with it. It will likely pass the House of Commons, whereupon the government will ignore it. Wouldn't it be something if you were a new Democrat to know you could just look at this struggling, lame, hobbled prime minister who every announcement he makes, he digs himself in deeper and just say, you know, we think we should just let the chips fall where they may. Maybe there should be a non-confidence motion on this issue or that issue or India or China or carbon tax. And then there'd be an election. The NDP are in deep. And even I feel sorry for Carla Beck, who did get a meeting on the phone with Jagmeet Singh's chief of staff. No, you don't talk to staff, Ms. Beck. You talk to your leader federally and you tell him how can you continue to support this government when what it's doing on the carbon tax is hurting so many people here? But uh, we will see. That motion will pass and then we'll be ignored. 877 332 8255 on absolutely anything you want to talk about. Friday, and the phones are yours on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm John warmly. Let's get you on the radio. Is it almost 11 o'clock? Belton Johnson's here It's eating Time, top of the hour. So let's get you on the radio right now. And, of course, we will continue uh, a number of opportunities, topics, things we still haven't even gotten to that we'll do in the 11 o'clock hour. Paul in Saskatoon, carbon tax and Atlantic Canada being treated differently and preferentially.
5: Well, hey, John, thanks for taking my call. I'm looking forward to Belton's uh, recipe, too. Um, <laughs> John, the reason why he's doing this is for the liberal vote. Is that correct? Yes, completely. Okay. Now, I heard an MP say, like, I don't know, like, I think I heard this. If you had more liberal members in your province, you would have a say in Ottawa.
1: Do you remember that? Uh, Actually, I do. In fact, I more than remember that um, here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just have have a listen, Paul. That's a discussion that we'll have down the road when we know that this one is working.
0: But I can tell you, Atlantic Caucus was vocal with what they've heard from their constituents. And uh, perhaps they need to elect more liberals on the prairies that we can have that conversation
5: as well. Yep. So we
1: just have to elect more liberals on the prairies.
5: Exactly. So here, here's what we have to do. Saskatchewan, Alberta. We got to amalgamate and uh, consider ourselves a unique society, like Quebec. We are unique here, John. We we live here when it's minus forty and the wind is minus sixty, and you know w- we work hard for our money out here. So- we do, and and we do overperform.
1: I mean, uh, per capita GDP. The fact that you are a Saskatchewanian, every one of you. The fact that you're an Albertan. Uh, The fact you actually carve up into northeastern B.C., we are the people who produce in terms of economic output more than anybody else does. And I think we are a distinct society, but we'll see. Trevor in Yorkton, Uh, Alberta isn't committing yet. They said there would be a referendum, but they're certainly talking about going their own way on a provincial pension plan. Scott Moe yesterday saying Saskatchewan will stay in CPP. What did you think? I, I
0: think this is something that should have been done 25 years ago. The Canada Pension Plan makes absolutely no sense to me at all. You work for 50 years. Let's say you average $3,000 a year. You put in $150,000. And let's say, unfortunately, you pass when you're 67 years old. Does, that, that money that you put away doesn't go back to your family.
1: No. The government keeps it. Yep, there is, and there is a death benefit under CPP. But, of course, it, it, let me just be the devil's advocate, Trevor. If you live to 95, uh in terms of what your contributed amount was, you've collected more than that.
5: What portion
0: collect more than they put in? Very minimal. Very minimal.
1: Yeah, I, I can't tell you, but I, I know that Alberta gets quite frustrated, and justifiably so, because it has younger payers who also make more money, right? So but, Alberta is different than other provinces, as is Saskatchewan. But I should have
0: the option.
1: Instead of putting it into CPP, I should be
0: able to put it into my own retirement savings plan. And then when I do pass, that money goes to my family.
1: That would dismantle ultimately the idea of you know a national uh, employer-employee-paid plan. Because that's really what RSPs are supposed to do. That's one of the things RSPs do, right?
0: But RSPs don't work because as soon as you go to cash in your RSPs, <laughs> you still pay income tax on it. Absolutely. And if you have a part-time job, then it they just double-dip you again.
1: Yeah, well, they do. But no, a lot of people look at CPP and it's, again, remember when you were a kid, it was going to run out of money? It didn't. The Canada Pension Plan Investment Board has done a great job. It's solvent. It's got the returns coming. But I think because Quebec's always had its own plan, Alberta's just flexing. And if you're living in Western Canada and you're not ready with this prime minister to start flexing, you're not paying attention. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.